welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, bearded legend, the wonderful Mr. Paul Levy. Welcome, everybody. Thank you very much indeed. This is episode 86. It's the only place where you're going to get a full, comprehensive roundup of everything that's going on around the club, including the youth team, the ladies' team, the Leighton Orient Trust, the men's team. Supporters Club, everything and everyone is included. And as always, as I mentioned, we're starting with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so one game to tell you about. Wickham away on Saturday the 17th of December, uh, leaving Brisbane Road at 11am. So the cost is £20 for adults, £17 for concessions with a £3 surcharge for non-members. You can book at the next home game or you can book by calling the travel line on 07722-135. We've also had some additional emails uh, come into the inbox this week. So first email we've got for you is from Cliff Weston, who says, I've just been listening to episode 85 and to what you both had to say about the protest against Bichetti at the Blackpool game. I have to say, I was stunned to hear that Bichetti was not at the game and was never going to be, I guess due to business or family reasons. Anyway, whatever the reason, it seems clear to me that the Loft leadership knew that he wasn't going to be there. So therefore, why did they arrange a protest against the owner on a day when he wouldn't actually see it? That sort of defeats the object of the whole protest. Loft wishes to open up some kind of dialogue with Bichetti, but I feel that arranging a protest against him will not achieve this. But then to arrange a protest against the man when he's not even there has made them look somewhat silly. If I was Bichetti, who, let's face it, has isolated himself further and further from the fans, I'd be thinking, how can I take Loft and the protest seriously when you can't even arrange a protest when I'm there to see it? So therefore, why would I ever consider a Loft invitation to an open and honest dialogue over fans' concerns? I think Loft have shot themselves in the foot with this one and probably set back any attempt of opening any kind of dialogue with Bichetti, which is a shame, as we all want what's best for the club. I hope I'm wrong. Many thanks, Cliff. So I think the point is that you can arrange a protest for any home game and he can decide not to be there either days, weeks, months in advance or actually on the actual day of the game. So I don't think there's ever going to be a good time or bad time to organise it because he could always turn around last minute and say you know what, I don't want to be there for this one because they're going to do the protest. So I think it's more about making the statement, Cliff, rather than actually, um, you know, timing it when he's going to be there, as I say, because, you know, like any protest, even a Charlton one, the, the, the owner's never there, but it's who reports up to him that, that, that feeds back to him and tells him exactly what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. In Charlton, I don't know if you saw it again yesterday, with the protest, stuff on the more pitch. stuff on the yeah. pitch, so... Crazy times at that football club. So we've yeah. also had an email from Glenn Ford, who lives in France, and he started off by saying, Bonjour, our Orient Outlook. He says, I started supporting the O's in the late 60s and went to almost every match during the 70s. Now, living in the wine region of Alsace, Alsace is that in France? Alsace. Alsace. I, I, I can only get to one or two games a year. It's always great to get back to Brisbane Road, as well as the Burbank or the supports club before the game. For me, it's like a little holiday getting back to my roots. In fact, I find that it's far more stressful following the tweets during the match than actually being at the match, which is bad news for me. It's so sad what's happened to our once friendly, happy little club. From what I see in here, it's absolutely ludicrous that we have a non-English speaking manager with absolutely no experience in English leagues and who hasn't worked in football for the last five years. Someone with half a brain could see that it's a recipe for disaster. What planet are Bichetti and his advisors on? Now, a lot of people are trying to blame the players, but if you have a poor manager that you can't understand what are you going to do the manager is there to motivate players and make sure that they know what their job is on the pitch how can a player be confident if he's not even sure what he's meant to do I'm sure that with the right manager that gives the players confidence we can move up the table even with Bichetti in charge as an analogy at Stratford Grammar School I was bottom of the class in history I hated the teacher I hated the lessons which were boring and incomprehensible I hated history the teacher didn't retire and was replaced by a, by a young teacher with new ideas. The lessons became fun and I started enjoying history. I went from being bottom to being top of the class. I'm convinced that with the right manager, the O's could do the same. And as for Bichetti, he should listen to the fans and communicate with them. He could learn a lot to his benefit and maybe save some money along the way by making some decent decisions and appointments. Up the O's, cheers. And then he goes to write some French stuff saying, A bientôt, a bicyclette ou a pied. Glenn. I have a similar experience at school, but with Spanish and the reverse okay. being true. Whereas I had a good, more established um, teacher 
and we were doing brilliantly and then a younger one came in and was terrible and I just yeah, dropped absolutely. down into the bottom class no but you know um, it's a great point brilliant it so is a great point there. Those, so were two, well done, those were emails we received to the Orient Outlook inbox so you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com if you want your email read or if you want to give your views to us and you can get in contact with us on Twitter at Orient Outlook and on Facebook by searching at Orient Outlook Podcast and on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast well done top man that deserves a round of applause uh, and I'm glad you had a go at the French because that, yeah. that would have just even deceived me so the week that was Monday the 21st of November it, it, it is confirmed that the under 18s will play Leicester City in the third round of the FA Youth Cup at the King Power Stadium on Wednesday the 14th of December kickoffs at 7 and I'm actually going to try and get to that because I'm off that day that'll so be worth going to I think I'll, I'll take a little journey up there um and yeah, Alberto Cavazin spoke to George Sessions about his substitutions uh, on the Blackpool defeat. He said, on Robbie Weir, Weir is the player who gives balance to the team and stays in front of the defence. So wanting to play more offensive, the ones I could have taken out was either Nigel Atangana or Collins. On introducing Paul McCallum, he said, I felt Palmer was still quite active and helping us a lot and a target man. Jay is a player that can always score in any particular moment. I thought it was important to leave Jay on because in the box he can solve many situations. So then I chose to take off Palmer. Yes, I could have done it five minutes earlier, but he was still physically fit to play. So those were the thoughts of Alberto Caverson on the Blackpool game. So moving yeah. on to Tuesday, 22nd of November, we had Exeter at home. So prior to the match, we held a Twitter poll to see which strike partnership you think should start versus Exeter. And we had 299 votes. So quite a few of you responded. So thank you for all your responses on that poll. So in fourth place, we had McCallum and Palmer, who only got 6% of the vote. In third, we actually had the other option with 7%. So people mentioned Adebayejo within that. Uh, Tristan Abrahams came up a few times. Even Sam Dorby came up as starting. In second place, we had Simpson and Palmer starting together on 19%. But the overwhelming winner, uh, and something I think we mentioned at the end of the last podcast, or what we would like to have seen in first place, was Jay Simpson to start with Paul McCullum, which took 68% of the vote prior to the game. So thank you for your votes on that one. Absolutely. The game um, against Exeter City in the evening kicked off with Alex Chisak in goal. Uh, Miles Judd uh, at right back, so making his first start, the youth yeah. guy. Uh, Nicky Hunt, Parks, Kennedy, uh, Weir, Massey, Atangana and Collins are in the middle with Simpson and everybody's um, overwhelming vote, Simpson and McCallum up front. Subs were Sergeant, Dunn, Pollock, Ochang, Semedo, Dolby and Palmer. Yep. Two changes from Saturday is Miles Judd, as I mentioned earlier, made his full debut while Paul McCallum was brought back into the starting eleven, And for you, yeah, no, I mean, no, no surprise really. No, no surprises really. Great no. to see Miles Judd come through. Um, bit of a shock that one, but obviously Erico had a poor game against Blackpool. And um, I think he was injured, and I use that term loosely. Yeah, quotation marks being uh, put around the table yeah. here. But still, you know, no communication on Bowery, so no one no, just suddenly with him. just sort of faded into the background. Yeah, same with Yance. Um, you know, it was injured at that point, we don't know. And same with Benedici. So Yeah, we've heard know. nothing more. Of, at this point, we'd heard nothing yes. more on um, Cornick either. So Yeah, absolutely, good point. So it's game started on a cold night. Um, Exeter were the first to settle I think it's fair to say um, and I think you could tell early on for, for me anyway that it wasn't going to be a classic match both teams looked a bit shaky and a bit short in confidence even within the first five minutes there were a few wayward passes from both yeah. teams and you're thinking this could be a long one yeah. it could be a long <laughs> one <laughs> exactly on the 13th minute though David Wheeler got the first booking of the game he was furious after Kennedy easily held him off the ball lucky not to be sent off there now I don't actually recall that one he was given he got given a foul against him and he turned around to the referee and was yes. going yeah, yeah, mental yeah. at the yeah. ref. Referee pulled out a yellow card straight away and the guy still continued. And we thought he'd gone for a, yeah, his red as well. and you're like, mate, mm. just calm down. It was a nothing free kick as well. It was like, they weren't on, on, the, on a great attack anyway. So, yeah. you know, in the 17th minute, Nicky Hunt took a knock right in front of us, got barged off the ball and was down for a little while. Um, but he was given um, okay to continue. But, you know, I made a point while the match was going on, still mistakes all over the pitch. Poor passing. Atengana looked really off the pace. Really surprising for Nige. You know, normally the one consistent player this season who's been holding the midfield together. Uh, and even his passes were going woo wah and he's yeah. the poorest I'd seen him. And Weir looked like he didn't want to be there. Like yeah. he looked so low on confidence. Every time he got the ball, he was just passing it behind him or sideways. He, he looked like a man who was just a shadow of his former self, I would say. Yeah. Really poor performance so far within that game. 
Then on the 25th minute, Exeter took the lead as a cross to the back post finds Wheeler, who laid it off to Watkins to score. Kennedy was marking the two players as Parks had not recovered his position and unfortunately none of the midfielders, predominantly Weir, uh, sort of came into cover. Um, yeah. For me, that was kind of against the run of play. But you know, I remember distinctly shouting out to Kennedy, "Shoulder, you got, you know, you got a man over." But then he's like, "But I've got a man." Yeah. I could see him pointing. I've got. A... He was in no man's world, wasn't he? He yeah. was. He was the sandwich of yeah. two Exeter. He was the sandwich filling of two Exeter players. So he went to go to the first one, the, the, who would have been Parks's man. But the ball went over both yeah. of them to his man, who then easy. puts it yeah. back to the man. So, so calamitous, really. Good finish from Watkins. Good play that Watkins actually. Um, and at that point, you know, for me, I thought that goal was coming. Really, I didn't think we looked. We weren't having that game where we were looking like we were going to score. You yeah, know? we couldn't get the ball up to Palmer. Oh, sorry, McCallum or Simpson. There was no service. We thought we weren't getting the balls in. And once we'd got a goal down, I was thinking, oh, I'm not Heads sure we're going to pull it. Didn't they? Yeah, the mood changed a little bit. Yeah. disappointing. And in the 27th minute, though, poor back pass from Exeter put Simpson through and he got past the keeper, but he took slightly too long um, and got crowded out as he tried to pass it. So for me, if, if that was a confident Jay Simpson, he would have taken one touch around the keeper and smacked it and gone for it, but he kind of got around the keeper and hesitated a bit and they got back and the chance was gone and really frustrating. You know, for me, I think a, a goal scorer with confidence would have taken it earlier yeah. and put that in the back of the net. Yeah. Ten minutes later, in the 37th minute, Gavin Massey won a free kick just outside the box. Nicky Hunt stepped up yeah. to take it, which was a surprise to, I think, quite a few of us. Um, unfortunately, though, it, it, it was a really good free kick, but it just went over the bar. So, yeah. really good effort, that, though. Yeah, he hit that one sweetly. He in, did, yeah. In the 40th minute, Reed uh, headed wide from very close range, but the offside flag was up. But um, he really should have scored. I mean, another example of how much space we were giving our opponents in the middle yeah. of our area. He was literally about six yards out, and even though he was offside, he still did it wide. But yeah, we were lucky not to be, yeah. not to be further down than what we were. Yeah, in the 43rd minute, mayhem in our box as Alex Chisak came for a cross. Didn't get there though, but Reed hooks it across the goal, and somehow we are still only 1 0 down. Yeah, very lucky there, very lucky. And in half time, also went uh, with us 1 down. The team went off to quite a few boos actually. Yeah, um, they did. A lot of boos. Um, and you know, thoughts on the first half, very poor. Yeah. The team looked forward of ideas, very little confidence. One of the worst performances I've seen. Yeah, lots of wayward passes. The only positive coming out of that, I thought Miles Judd was great. Yeah, I agree. He was really good. You know, for Solid. someone making their debut within that atmosphere in that kind of game. Close crosses down from his side, yeah. didn't let him get him in, put himself in the way. Made good runs. Stopped, yeah. Was making good runs past the. Uh, yeah, showed for it. Yeah, showed for it. So half time, uh, as you say, was one nil. Attendance was two nine two six with three hundred and sixteen away. That was the lowest league attendance for quite yeah. some time. And just to make another point: no shots on target in at half an Orient. Didn't test their keeper once. No, no shots on target. Nil poir. So <laughs> two subs at half time. It's where and Kennedy were taken off and replaced by some Meadow and Dunn. So Dunn switched to right back, Judd to left back. Uh, as we switched to a four four two with Massey and Semedo going out on the wings to try and give the O's more width. Two things there. Why did Weir and Kennedy not come on for the second half? No one's said why. Oh, they have Weir apparently, Weir apparently had an illness. So Kevin oh, they did, did. So, yeah, they yeah, both yeah. had. Yeah, well, that's nonsense. I don't believe that I mean, that if, if he did have an illness, then he shouldn't have started. I think you can no, say. No, but maybe you could argue the other way, that he wanted, didn't want to let his teammates down Possibly. to his blade. So, but Possibly. I don't believe that. I think that's nonsense. <laughs> and the second thing is, why are you putting an inexperienced defender at left back, a right back at left back, when Alan Dunn should be the one yeah. who moves to left back and you leave the, the young lad at right back. Yeah. Why why would you not I don't know. I mean Miles But either way, he was an absolute he was professional. Fine. So maybe he could he play both. really well. Maybe yeah. he could play both. Obviously we don't know too much about him at the moment as he's just starting to break through. But yeah. great. It looks great on Judd anyway. So second half started, 49th minute, Chizak made a very smart save actually to get down low from Lee and McCannandon as Exeter looked destined to score and uh, he saved well with his legs there, Chizak. Yeah. If that had gone in, we just would have got battered. It would have been over. Yeah. yeah. 59th minute, so 10 minutes later, McCallum came off uh, for Ollie Palmer. McCallum getting a lot of abuse from the South Stand. He also sarcastically clapped the East Stand because apparently he's getting grief from them as well. But to be fair, he'd been no worse than any other players. I think it's just Paul McCallum's not an Ollie Palmer. He doesn't no. work hard like Ollie Palmer. Yeah, he yeah. chase everything down. But the thing with McCallum is you get one chance and he's pretty much going to take that well, chance. Yeah, and that, More know, often than not. I felt quite sorry for him. There were some right nasty comments coming out from the South Stand and the forwards didn't get any service in that game at all. And no. that's what McCallum's game is all about. And if you can't get McCallum's service, he's not the type of player who's going to run back to 
the halfway line to win the ball back to break he's, that's not that's not what he brings to the, to the team as a forward yeah and that's that's the thing you need to realise I think with McCullum is that he's not that type of player no and he's not he's, he's a box striker yeah, yeah. he's not a he's not this, Oli he's, Palmer he's not an Oli Palmer who, who will track back 30-40 yards to win the ball back for you so I, th- I did feel a bit sorry for him and obviously McCullum went down the tunnel um, not to return yeah so a uh, bit of a bad yeah not not too good there so 67th minute Goldmath scramble following a decent cross from Massey I've got to say Massey did put in quite a few decent he crosses was trying. in the second half no one was yeah. on the end of them so yeah. Massey put in a decent cross uh, and then a Simpson shot got deflected over a corner which Parks then headed well over so a 10 to 30 seconds but we had a good that was the best spell of our match I yeah, thought it was. a good 10-15 minutes in that second half where crowd were actually supporting the team quite well crowd yeah. were like behind them we had good pressure good possession but just couldn't make it make it count really yeah if we were ever going to score at any point in the game that, that would have been, been it yeah. yeah the game really started to die out as we started playing long balls got more and more um, prevalent since Palmer came on and it's just just a bit rubbish and in the 83rd minute this was amazing so the ball comes <laughs> over in the air and Ollie Palmer goes to control it with his chest now he's leaning forward he's not sort of leaning back to take it in the air onto his chest he's kind of sort of leaning forwards it's a bit unusual um, but somehow he misjudged it and ended up nutmegging himself I, do you know what I don't I, I, if, if he would have tried to do that again right now in front of us he wouldn't be able to do it but it's just he, that happened and there was just a loud audible groan from the crowd <laughs> that's what made me laugh it was just the groan from the crowd yeah um, so it was it was a long ball over to him yeah. you'd expect him to sort of lent back take that on the chest yeah, cushion it, it down, down but he tries somehow to get it on the trajectory on the downward trajectory yeah. but then actually pointing his body down rather than up yeah. if that makes sense if you can envisage that in your head that just summed up or it's even and it was just yeah that's exactly it uh, 86 minute Atangana done really well to kind of keep the ball got himself into a really good position should have played the pass really um, but he decided to shoot he had glory in his eyes and well wide trickled wide yeah. the keeper was never really in doubt there yeah a note from George Sessions in the 87th minute said chance of Bicchetti out getting louder and louder now not too many fans joining in but a decent amount in the south stand yeah I think it was decent enough it was by no means an overwhelming majority at all it was, quite, it was a quite, select few yeah, a select the few banner went up banner, again yeah. uh, a few people started arguing amongst themselves and name calling about each other which you know I think people just need to respect the fact that someone's got a different opinion whether their opinion is better or worse or right or wrong compared to your opinion it doesn't really matter someone doesn't like Bicchetti and they want him out and you're a Bicchetti yeah, in or yeah. you know what I mean you're you're neither here nor there, then just people have got the right to say what they Absolutely. want, really, I mean, as long as it's not abusive. Everyone's so passionate about it, you know, tensions are heating up, emotions are yeah. high, and it's understandable, but never nice. So, four minutes of added time were played, full time whistle went as Orient slipped to their eighth successive home defeat as Kazavin made it nine losses from 11 games. And yeah. good to see Lloyd James clap the uh, Orient. He got a very good round of applause at the end. Nice of him to do so. Yeah, nice absolutely. Him to do so. so, after the match, Dave Victor spoke to Alberto Casavin, um, and here's a summary of what he said. So he said that Alberto explained that the table says his side are in a relegation battle. Obvious one there. Yep. Alberto said that he takes responsibility for the position. He said, we have to understand the reasons why things are not going well. He also said in the second half, we saw a team that showed they can fight. We dominated the second half, but it's the result that counts. He said that Kennedy and Moyer had injury problems, and Moyer had a cold and a fever this morning. And he said there was a professional scouting team and technicians who help in the preparation for matches. In response to Dave's question, yes. that's in response to Dave's question about people Absolutely. scouting the opponents because yeah. it doesn't seem that we set up that way. Yeah. So um, hardly inspiring from the uh, from the manager there, but the league table says that uh, we slipped to twenty second in League Two, yeah. which is a point from the bottom. But we'll do a full roundup of the league table. Uh, at the end of the show okay. once we've covered the uh, Doncaster away match so, so you've used in so did you write these views straight after the game yeah right, cool okay so this was all pre-written before obviously Wednesday's yes. news I do it I do yeah. I do it straight after yeah, matches so, usually yeah. or next day once I've calmed down depending on how bad <laughs> it gets um, cool. shocking performance looked like the players didn't want to play for the club or the manager 
found it strange that Wirren Kennedy went off at half-time. I think some of the players should be utterly ashamed of themselves and embarrassed by their contribution tonight. Absolutely pathetic. Miles Judd was superb. Nicky Hunt, Alex Chisak were their usual dependable selves. And I think that if you don't want to play for the manager, at the bottom line, the minimum you should go out and do is play for yourself and play for your own pride. Absolutely. So that you can go home that night saying you did everything you could to the best of your ability. Because I I can't count on... I think you can count on less than one hand how many people did that that night. You know, um, Chisak and Judd and and Nicky Hunt to an extent. Um, it, it's just shameful, utterly, utterly shameful. It's embarrassing to to watch that. Um, and a few clubs have said that we are the worst that they've ever yes, seen. Yes, good point. And they feel sorry for us as fans that we pay to watch that drivel being served up. So when you've got other fans being sympathetic to you, saying, "Ah, oh, bless," you know. When you've got Blackpool fans and Exeter fans telling you within the space of three days that they're you're the worst team that they've played this season. <laughs> yeah. Then you're a bit like, okay. Then you're in real. <laughs> then you're in, the, yeah. In real mess. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, poor match. Uh, some terrible performances to boot, so I agree with you there. Only one shot on target in that whole match against the team who were bottom of the league. Says it all. I agree with you about, yeah, I've got exactly the same. Judd, Chizak and Hunt, the only players coming out of this one with any applause. Asingana, for me, poorest match in an orange shirt. Yeah. Really surprising that one. He was due one, though, to be fair. He's been consistent oh, yeah. previously, oh, yeah. but... He unfortunately today he was no. It's a shame exception. he had one when everyone else is just as bad. Yeah, you know he's probably get away with that when the team are playing better. Yeah, where head's gone completely for me. He looked the shadow of his of the player who started the season. Yeah. Don't know what's going on there. He went hiding all first half. McCallum I said it before. Reaction from Carroll I thought was a bit harsh. Just his game isn't about running back. It's about being in the box waiting yeah. for service, which never came. And I think if you expect Paul McCallum to suddenly, apart from the Plymouth game, if you suddenly yeah, expect yeah, Paul yeah, McCallum yeah. to turn into an Ollie Palmer, then you might as well yeah. stop stop your thoughts there because that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so there's no point tweeting him. There's no point abusing him. There's no point. That's just not his game. People yeah, just absolutely. need to understand that. For Massey did put a few decent crosses in. Was unlucky no one was in the box. Thought Judd made some great runs on uh, Semedo's wing, but Semedo didn't pick him out at all. Yeah, which is a bit disappointing. Um, support, I thought support was actually quite good. Um, and then I finished my views by saying another disappointing night. Kevassin must go now, surely? Question mark. Dot dot dot. Um, which leads us on to your views. So loads of views we've had in uh, mm. over the last week. So we'll mention. Yeah. what we can but obviously yeah. we can't mention all of them otherwise you'd be looking at about a two and a half hour podcast yeah exactly so the first email that we had uh, came in from Martin Strong so thanks very much for getting in touch not very good versus Exeter was it I think we're on track to beat our most home league defeats in the season now which is 12 in the 62-63 season just four more to go in 13 games virtually a done deal I would imagine wow. yep. At least in 62-63, we managed to beat Man U, Everton, Liverpool and West Ham during the season at Brisbane Road. So far, we've only overcome Stevenage. <laughs> also under threat must be the least number of league goals at home. 16 set in 70-71 season. We've only scored six wow. so far. And three of those were in the same game against Stevenage. Yes. Good wow. shout. So wow. we've only scored... Three goals in separate games. More useless information. In seven and a half hours of the O's kicking towards the North Stand, the family stand in league games, we've scored twice. We actually managed two in both games in the League Cup and Checker Trade Trophy. Fulham and Stevenage kicking towards that end. Yet more useless info. Hasn't been a penalty scored at Brizzy Road in a competitive game all season. Great stat that. Great stat that one. Didn't realise that. Very good. Oh well, let's keep the faith in Bertie Caversin's Red and White Army. I'm sure the man voted Sampdoria's Worst ever manager by their fans is ready to take us up the league in the very near future. Love the sarcasm. Up the O's. Martin. So yeah. Thanks, Martin. Thank you, Martin. Then we had an email from Dennis G, who sits behind a couple rows behind us in the South Stand. He emailed us said, Paul, Steve, a couple of points you may wish to consider for the next podcast, even if you personally do not agree. He said, Alberto's post-match interview has just been posted on your own website. Was Alberto actually at the game? How can he possibly say he was pleased with the second half showing? We did not test their keeper enough. We had one shot on target all game. He goes on to say, in the second half, there were a lot of character and we created more chances and we played well with a good physical intensity. That is simply not true. After I don't know how many weeks in charge, he still cannot speak a word of English, or at least he doesn't attempt to. What has happened to our website? We're still showing a video of Kevin Nolan after his appointment and a video statement from our president, which is months old and bears no relation to our current predicament. There are no updates on injuries. 
How is Harry Cornick's injury? Where is Jordan Bowery? It appears that it is not only those on the pitch that have totally given up, but so have the support staff. I think we'll, I make a point there that I think a lot of stuff is out of that media team's hands there. But yeah, no, it's not. A, it's not a dig at Colin and um, and Charlie at all. It's course. just the club are not yeah, yeah. not giving them the information, or they've just or someone somewhere has decided not so. to yeah. not to update. Now, don't get this wrong. We don't need a blow by blow, but just a, a quick update on people that are technically employed by the club. Absolutely, and then he goes on to finish the email by saying. I'm just too depressed to talk about the Exeter game, other than to say it's the worst performance I've witnessed in 50 years of watching Leighton Orient, and every one of those players wearing the Orient shirt, with the exception of Miles Judd, should feel thoroughly ashamed. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Dennis. Great email there, Dennis. Thank you for your email, mate. Yeah, we also had one more email from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. Said, apart from not getting relegated or sacked, the issue by which Andy Edwards et al. will be judged will not be points per match, but by the following... Galvanising of effort of the team into a coherent unit, entertainment value, i.e. reasonable number of shots at goal, and reuniting the fans behind a team that shows desire and a modicum of capability. I base this on the atmosphere ignited in the second half of his last match in charge, even though the result could not be saved. Fans are hungry to enjoy going to matches once more and will respond. Get these right and the points will come. I stand by my prediction of a playoff place by mid-January. Longer term, a realistic assessment of when to move the younger players through to the first team is in good hands, thankfully. Anonymous. So thank you, Anonymous, for your emails. And thanks yep. to everyone for their emails. So we've kind of given the email address out already, but we'll give it out again at orientoutlook.com. So uh, Twitter obviously blew up after Oops. a very poor performance, as you would expect. So a few tweets that at Orient Outlook received. Firstly from at HRPCUK, who said, Miles Judd was brilliant tonight. Shame he didn't permutate through the rest of the team. Yeah, at Ben LOFC, that's about as bad as it gets. As a club and a team, we are completely lost. Judd gets full credit tonight, had a great game. It's great to see Judd getting nice mentions, you know. He he genuinely was a shining light in what was really otherwise good. a real bad bad <laughs> yeah. team. He genuinely was. He looked he didn't lower his game to the rest of the team. Yeah. He just went about his job superbly. So well done, Miles, you're a consummate professional. At Sharky War says, Depressed is an understatement. I think it's Time to go home and warm up and drown my sorrows. ALB three five three nine nine said, "Same old rubbish team, rubbish manager, <laughs> rubbish owners. Nothing will ever improve under Bacchetti and Co. Um, we can't use profanities, um, or we won't use profanities. So if you really want us to tweet what you're really saying, then you need to cut out the uh, the use of four letter swear words. Oh, we need a bleep, a bleeper, a bleep. Yeah, yeah, like okay. South Park. Uh, <laughs> Kashorian said, "Sounded like they were just going through the motions. No fire." No leadership, no confidence, club in crisis. Yeah, agree. Orient boy said, can you really believe how bad we've become? Conference bound for me. At Baggy's House 42, says, these loyal fans don't deserve the O's. Can't stop the rot. Gutted. El Coado said, what do we have to do to play away every week? Might actually finish mid-table if we did that. At RD Manda, just one shot on target at home against bottom of the league. Looking forward to manager and players defending that statistic. At Evans O's fan... Club on its knees now. Get Slade back or conference it is. Well, wow. Janine Adelman kept it short and sweet two words. Just said headless chickens. Yeah, we did look like we were just we running around bit, yeah. chasing. No game plan. Yeah. Kevin Cowland says, Exeter City making Brisbane Road a fortress. Utterly pathetic. How I despise what Bichetti has done to my club. Hashtag go now. At Samuel LOFC 97 says, I don't know what to say. Gets worse every week. Judd was a positive. He was decent. Other than that, poor. Just very poor. What improvement has there been since Ian Hendon was sacked? Yes, we were going through a sticky spell, but in my opinion, I didn't think it would be this bad. Great point there. That's true. Great point. You know, Hendon was sacked 11 months ago. He was sacked in January, wasn't he? Yeah. In that time, we seemed to have gone massively backwards. And even towards the end of Hendon's period, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but Exactly, but we've gone yeah, actually yeah. further back. Absolutely. Um, I am Jay Snelling tweeted us saying, how many youth players do we have in the squad? And can we play them all? Yep, at LOFC 1978 says, just when you think it can't get any worse, Kavassin out maybe, but who will FB replace him with? Attitude and behaviour of protesters makes me want to distance myself from them further. It was shocking tonight in the South Stand, and that was a reference, I believe, to what was going on behind us yeah, with the banner and I think the so. sets of fans who were kind of having a quite loud vocal argument. Yeah, exactly. And just to go back to J- I am Jay Snelling's tweet, no, you can't, because I don't think you can change more than five players in a team. Without getting football league attention. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I think there's a rule about how many players you can feel that you have to feel from the previous game or something like that. I'm sure someone out there will correct me if that is wrong. At Lad White said, Bicchetti and his men have failed every target since taking over the club. They've no idea how to turn it around. Face it, we're going down. Steve James 41 says, something is seriously not right at our club. It's heartbreaking. Jimbo1404 said, gutless. Most of the players should be ashamed. They have to take some responsibility. Chelsea Fish says, Captain Ware booed off two games running. McCallum booed off. Clashes with East Stand. Is there a way back for either? Great point. We didn't mention it, but McCallum got booked just before he was substituted. I don't know if you remember this. He got booked and there was a group of right fans who were shouting, off, off, off. Trying to behind urge referee to send him yeah. off. Do you remember that? Behind yeah. us, yeah, I do. It's poor. We shouldn't shouldn't yeah. be doing that. Lee Holland thirty seven underscore said, "Blooming dreadful. The team have nothing left. No movement up top. Chuck Karoma up there. The rest are playing half heartedly." I think we missed a trick here, not getting a bleeper in. At Chicken Oriental said, "Kavasin has to go. Edwards in, and will leave us with a chance of survival. Need more of the young boys to start now, as some of the seniors are hiding." True. At Sadie May four oh seven. All our plight is the blame of the chairman's bad running of our club. The blame lays heavy on his shoulders. At David TH64301889 says, Dreadful. Shetty has created a nightmare situation. No decent boss will come here and players have given up. We're gone. Paul Biller1 said, No fight, a manager who can't speak English. Needs someone experienced at this level to come in before it's too late. At Paul Nice1 says, Desperate times call for action and it will happen. Believe. We still have time on our side. New broom springs to mind. And I guess that's the only positive to take. This is still November. Yeah. It's still at that point in the season where if you try and change things, you've still got that time to yeah. implement it. It's not that like we're in March, April. And yeah, and the league's still very tight. So, yeah. Rob Kelly, 18. Alan Dunn not making a mistake for 45 minutes is the only positive <laughs> I can take from that game, which says it all, really. <laughs> Brilliant. At Wardy 711. It says, Half-time whistle blue, and where took off the armband. McCannum was booed off and walked straight down the tunnel. That, that's a good spot there about we're taking off the armband. I didn't spot that. He goes on to say, worrying times. The formation didn't work on Saturday or the first half in today. Play with wingers, get in crosses and we will get goals. Yeah, that's it. Or in fact, it answers our question about, or answers our point earlier about, um, give service to Simpson and McCallum and they'll score goals. Absolutely. So I mean, playing a- this narrow diamond formation, although it worked for Simpson under Hendon, it's not working now. Doesn't even yeah, it works for Simpson, but it doesn't seem to work for McCallum or Palmer. Yes, um, and there's no Coxie supplying pinpoint accurate yeah, crosses, yeah. so yeah. he's not been replaced well enough. At Orient Fan TV said, "Gutless performance, no desire, no heart, no passion, no captain's performance, no passionate manager, no hope." Yep. At RJE one nine nine two says, "Never felt so embarrassed and let down." I don't mind losing as long as the effort is put in. Nothing tonight. And again, how many times have made that point about wanting the team just to show a bit of character and effort? Yeah, absolutely. The Authentic Gaz tweeted as saying, the gutless, pathetic excuses for footballers are throwing 135 years of history in our faces and taking us out the league. Well, John Mack in 1977 says, I don't know what to say anymore. Team morale on the floor. Players hiding and not showing for the ball. No movement, no belief. Very little fight. Kavassin has to go. Or quite simply, we are down... Bichetti out, we need Kavassin out first if we are to stay in the league. But one, but only one fan shouted for it. Unbelievable. Hashtag Kavassin out. Hashtag Edwards in. And he was referring there to everyone saying Bichetti out loud. But no one was actually singing Alberto out, apart from one fan who tried to get it started. And it didn't, it didn't, didn't go take anywhere. Off, yeah. yeah, at uh, Ollie Joe Mills said, we're finished. Relegation, almost a certainty. At Orient Steve 72 says, all I ask is for effort from the players. Yeah. We will not lose on the pitch, but all I see is them taking the money and screw the fans. Hashtag gutless. At Emo Havering, you, unless both Cavasin and Bicchetti are gone soon, we will unquestionably be non-league next season. And final word on the Exeter match at Dublin's 10 says, I have been an O's fan through choice for over 40 years. No one likes to see their team lose, but we still go along. I recall that spell when we went two seasons almost without an away win. I've seen us get thumped away on rainy nights, lose at home to non-league and cups, and I've always supported and cheered them off. But now, we are a foul club, and I thought that was a great tweet to kind of end, end the whole on. Exeter Marathon. So thank you for all your tweets. If you haven't mentioned your tweet 
Yeah, you might have tweeted us later in the week that might get mentioned. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd be surprised if we've left any out after that. <laughs> Prediction League update, though. Only two correct predictions for this match. So well done to at Orin underscore fan and at the authentic Gaz, who predicted, obviously, a 1-0 win to Exeter. The full Prediction League table will go through that at the end of the show. So moving on to Wednesday, the 23rd of November. Yeah. So rumours started to circulate at around 4pm mm. at Alberta Cavacin has left the club and at 4.45 our trusted sources came back to us to confirm the news which we broke on Twitter followed by an official announcement by the club about half an hour later which went as follows the club can confirm that Alberto Cavacin has been relieved of his managerial duties with immediate effect we thank him for his efforts during his time with the club and wish him well for the future and he departs the club alongside head of fitness Alfredo Vigori and Matteo Festa Andy Edwards will now take charge of the team on a permanent basis until the end of the season with Danny Webb stepping up to the assistant manager role. So for those that don't know um, or are not aware, Alfredo Vergaro was brought in with Alberto as head of fitness over... Uh, I can't remember what his name is, who's already there. Simeone Lucas. yeah. And Matteo Festa is the son of uh, ex-Middlesbrough defender Gianluca Festa. And he was a translator. He was the young lad yep. translating. So if anybody wondered who was translating, it was a young chap called Matteo Festa. You'd be quite worried about the Edwards had the translator coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd start questioning the payroll. Like, for, what uh, Festa was still translating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so so finally, yeah. finally, the news we've all wanted, we needed... Um, to go back to Andy and Danny and um, I can't remember I can't think what I've written is actually particularly coherent here but I think it, it's an all important point in time Exeter obviously the team that get Orient managers sacked that's what their that's what moniker will be that's yeah. what they do they help us get change in management um, and I hope that Andy and Danny really are given the time and space that they need to do the job that they do. I hope the players give Andy and Danny the respect that they deserve. Danny, uh, Andy is an extremely highly capable and um, highly uh, respected coach within the game. And, you know, if, if, quite frankly, the players aren't on board with him and Danny, then ta-da. Yeah, I mean, see you later. You good can point go. about respect. I mean, that. Andy obviously had two games win uh, Hessenthaler win one against Plymouth, Plymouth where the players really 100% put their bodies on the line and we want more Plymouth games yeah and then the second game was the Barnet game which was the only clean sheet we've kept I think in wasn't an there. amazing performance but they played for him though, didn't they uh, yeah. yeah and they were organised and he was he was putting out instructions the whole time and, and reassuring people so yeah so hopefully I think that they're the two that can help push us back up the league and to be fair as we've said this league isn't particularly great so a couple yeah. of wins a couple of draws and you're, you're out of pretty much mid-table yeah so for me yeah delighted with that one you know never nice to see anyone lose no. their job and although Alberto seems like a nice guy, he just wasn't right for Leighton Orient. And this is definitely the right call. Great to see that Bichetti didn't kind of get rid of Cavacin and go to Andy and Danny, right? You can have a few games and see what you do. He's kind of put his confidence in him. He said, right, you've got to the end of the season now, so show me what you can do. He didn't, let's he, hope he he didn't kind of mess around. No, but let's hope he sticks to that. Oh, because I mean, no doubt there's probably someone in his entourage who knows someone who knew someone yeah, once yeah. upon a time who managed Absolutely. a little Italian club somewhere and another one who can't speak English will probably come in after the January transfer window yeah so I don't want to put the bocker on it or anything so no it's great it's really good to see so we wish Danny uh, and Andy 100% support all the best 100% support yeah. and everybody should get behind them and support them and the team so those were our views um your views at Leighton James too said three managers before Christmas fans fighting each other and players don't deserve to wear the club's colours hashtag joke yeah P. Uh, Bernstein said fantastic news whilst our manager turnover is way too high this just had to happen yeah also sorry just to jump back slightly it's a shame really the club gave Alberto Cavacin a greater written statement of thanks than they did to to Dean Cox yeah, that's did, still yeah, grates yeah. on me yeah. that's still, that will always be grating on me at Paul underscore LT2P said yes 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 he's gone let's get behind Andy Edwards now come on you O's yeah at Joe Jessen 16 so good luck to him but our last five managers have also been appointed on a permanent basis, basis yeah Pank P007 said by the end of the season there'll be a Bichetti managers 11 versus anyone left in the club <laughs> 11 charity game at MJJS Scanlon said if only he was properly pointed after Hessenthaler had left would probably be in a much safer position. At Robert Lock 14 said, Andy still has time to get this squad and team into the playoffs if he's left to do his job unhindered. Yeah, at Spenno 011 says, great appointment. Now I've been to Edwards and Webb manage and we will support. 100% spot on there. At Magnus Pugna said, 
Good, steady the ship, get the boys to step up or bring in the youth. At Errol McKellar for team talks as well, please. Hashtag yeah, BS5, that's a very good point. At D. David uses Edwards till the end of the season. From crestfallen last night to now thinking this could turn. FB still needs to go though. Okay, at Digger H 773046 said, Sanity restored at last. Hope the lads give their all for Andy Edwards. Hope he is allowed to manage without interference. At David underscore Mattox has just read the news. So we are now on our ninth manager in two years. Please end this circus. At M0PHO said, Brilliant, that's cheered me up. Should have kept Andy in after Hess. Onwards and upwards up the O's. Yeah, Stephen Orient says, Pleased with Andy Edwards and Danny Webb appointments. Be interested now to see how the players react. Hopefully you'll sort out the strikers. Shirkers. Shirkers, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Could sort out the strikers as well. But well, I hope yeah. so, yeah. At Chris A.V. Wood said, Can we assume the players were dis- disillusioned by Cavasin so they should now play with heart? Question yeah, mark. you'd hope so. At yeah. Moles 05 says, Two times in one year we've lost to Exeter and had a manager sat next day. Crazy thing is, there were two managers between. <laughs> yeah. LOFC1971 tweeted, Moving on isn't about forgetting the past but learning from it. Let's look forward so the, the season starts from here. Very profound, that. Yeah, at Veal underscore Lee said, all the best to Andy Edwards and Danny Webb. Should have stayed in charge when Hess was sacked. A few tweets coming in like that. Yeah, Spartacus1957. So pleased that episode has ended. Edwards and Webb, left to their own devices, will keep us safe. I'm certain yeah. of that. At Gary Torbett 7 said, we must all get behind Andy and Danny and going by the Plymouth game. The play certainly will. Well, they better had. Yep. I am underscore emo said manager lost eight out of ten of his games in charge. Has there been a worse manager anywhere ever? Good one to finish on. And yeah, you know, we never saw Alberto when it was Brisbane Road, and that's got to be a stat in itself, isn't it? Yeah, he that's had a quarter of the season he, practically. He had a yeah, quarter of the season and no home wins. So nothing. That is Alberto done. Yeah. Good night. God bless. Thanks yeah. for coming. Really so. <laughs> Thursday the 24th of November. In a touch of class, the official website publishes a surprising goodbye message from Alberto Cavacin that says, I would like to say goodbye and I'm sorry for not achieving the results that both I and all the coaching staff wanted during my time with the club. I gave absolutely everything I could and I hope the results can pick up as a club of this nature and history deserves to be successful. For the supporters, you all gave your overwhelming support to the team and I thank you for that. But I'd also like to say thank you to the chairman for the opportunity he gave me with the club up the O's. Mate, I thought that was a lovely. I thought that was a lovely touch from Alberto. It's the best statement or the best interview he's ever given. The clearest one. Yeah. Like it makes the most sense logistically from yeah. an English perspective. But it was nice. Not many outgoing managers who got sacked do that. No. Um, so nice of him to see. And yeah, Hendon wasn't. No, no wasn't. Mate, no, I, that doesn't Hess happen. wasn't. That doesn't happen. Slade wasn't. Liverani didn't. He probably got the call on Tuesday night from Manchester just going. He probably got called to his house yeah, afterwards. Probably they probably went out for a meal afterwards. I probably just went, you know, you know what I'm going to say. And he probably it's like, this yeah. isn't working. It's not, it's not, yeah. it's not us, it's you. Absolutely. So, so that is Alberto done. Yes, absolutely. So, um, also Thursday, it was announced that Victor Adebayejo is to join or joined Margate on loan until the end of the season. Uh, so good luck to Victor, and he actually scored uh, yesterday for Margate. Yes, well done, Victor. Um, as did Freddie Moncur, who scored for Bishop Stortford and completely off the cuff. Scott Cashgate scored two for Wickham, and even Jack Payne got one for Blackpool yesterday as well. So XO, little, short little XO, yes. impromptu XO roundup <laughs> yeah. there. So Friday, 25th of November. So we asked where he was last week, and nobody knew, but now everybody knows. So Charlie Granger is on loan at Hampton and Richmond Borough. He joined them on a 28-day emergency loan. So wish Charlie all the best, and good luck to him, and he kept a clean sheet yesterday as well. In the FA Cup, FA Vars against Steve Castle St Albans. He did, so well done there. Um, and good to see Charlie getting some game time on the Absolutely. Sheet, so. I am confused as to, as Charlie is the older and arguably more senior because of his age, why he's gone out on loan and not Sam Sargent. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's better for the more senior to go out on loan. No idea. No but idea. then the substitute in the senior team is the younger. <clears throat> so Something's amiss there. We, we, we're missing a piece of the jigsaw. I'd love to know why Charlie's yeah. out on loan and not Sam Good question. For instance. Good question. So, yesterday was Saturday the 26th of November, and as has become customary at this point yeah. in the show, we need to tell you that the under-18s remain unbeaten because they beat Peterborough yesterday uh, yesterday morning. With, uh, they beat them 2-0. Goals from Tristan Abrahams and Stephen Alzate. Yep, so well done the youth, keeping up that amazing, amazing. record. Really amazing. good. And 
you know, I guess there's great incentive there for them by having the ex-youth coach in charge of the actual first team now, but just saying, keep doing what you're doing and your time will come. So 100%. moving on to Doncaster away. So we travelled to Doncaster. We faced XO's Matthew Baldry, um, who we've interviewed before. You can catch out our interview on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, love And it. Lonely from last season, who only scored one goal for us, but has since gone to Northampton and now he's at Doncaster and smashing him in John Marquis. So... Amazing what happens when you play a striker in a striker's position and Crazy. give him service. Crazy. It's amazing what can yeah. happen, isn't it? So team was announced, uh, Chizak in goal, back four, Judd right back, centre-backs Pollock and Parks, left-back Kennedy with a midfielder Collins where Attengan and Semedo with this front two of Palmer and Simpson, subs, Sergeant, Dunn, Yance, Karoma, Bowery, McCullum and Sam Dolby. <coughs> so yeah. in his first selection, Andy Edwards made three changes from Tuesday to fit Exeter, so Pollock, Semedo and Palmer came in as Nicky Hunt misses out with an ankle injury. I wonder if that was an injury he picked up right in front of yeah, us. Yeah, it was. Probably was, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Massey was suspended because he got booked on Tuesday, so he had a one-match suspension. Was that his fifth one then? Yes, and McCallum dropped down to the bench, so yeah. those were three changes. So yeah, Orient played a flat 4-4-2 with Collins on the left and Semedo um, taking his position on the right of midfield. Uh, yeah. That was according to uh, Orient player that I was listening to. Uh, in the 14th minute, it was an Orient chance. Weir's crossed to the back post. Collins, as Collins had made a great run, he heads it back across goal. Um, and I think it was Palmer that put it over. Oh, okay. Right, 16th minute. A superb save by Chizak from a Coppinger free kick, which was headed um, in by one of their players. And it was going bang into the goal. Chizak stuck an arm out and somehow got it over the bar. Great reaction save there. From Robbie Chizak. Weir had given away a needless free kick though. Oh, had he? That's what that. Oh, okay. That's why that free kick came about. So again, twenty odd yards, twenty five yards yeah, outside, yeah. giving away a needless free kick. He went in. Um, I say two footed, but he's he's gone in and it wasn't a decent. He had no need to do yeah. that at that point. It's too dangerous to do that there. Great save, great save there from Chizak. Yeah. And then from the resulting corner, Doncaster thought they scored, um, but another brilliant save from Chizak. Uh, and then a header onto the bar and it was just a bit of a scramble on Doncaster how he's missed that it was harder for him to hit the bar than it was to yeah. hit the goal but the back a, of the net. a lucky escape very lucky escape yeah. there but well done to Alex Chizak who made two superb saves in two minutes yeah done really well kept there. us in there lucky to be um, to be level yep absolutely and then just four minutes later I saw this tweet come up and I was like no this can't <laughs> be this cannot be true there's a goal for Orion yeah. um, Callum Kennedy um, was in charge of the free kick and from a thick end of about 25, 25 odd about yards 30, yeah. uh, out, he has absolutely smashed it into the top corner of the goal. It's gone over the wall and just dipped into the top corner. Brilliant goal. Beautiful free kick. Those. You, you don't save those. You don't. Take a bow, son. So, yeah, and everyone jumped on top of him. See, like, you know. That was good, camaraderie. Yeah, really good. So, one up away, Doncaster. So, 31st minute, uh, Doncaster hit the bar again as Manville beat his man. Done a curling shot, Chizak well beaten, just standing there, hit the bar and went behind for a goal kick and another lucky escape. And at this point, you're thinking, this could be our day here. We've sneaked yeah. a goal and they're just hitting the bar. Chizak looks it's not their day. Form. Yeah. Yeah. Then just a couple of minutes later, Tom Parks threw his body in the way of Coppinger's goal bound shot. So it was good to see a bit of commitment. Yeah, really good. And yeah. that commitment may have been missing under Alberto. Yeah. 36 minute at Guardian Orient tweeted. Edwards is constantly shoring his side and telling them to cover their man. Good to see on the sideline. Good tweet, that. Yeah. Good tweet. Yep. And 39 minutes, Nigel Atangana got booked for a foul on John Marquis. Yeah, and then we almost made it to half-time. So we got to the 45th minute and two minutes of injury time were added. And then almost immediately, Doncaster equalised. Um, it's Jordan Houghton's low drive hit the back of the net following Doncaster's eighth corner in the first half. Um, for this one, you know, I don't think we like to point fingers at players, but... I think everyone's really already probably said it on Twitter or social media. Semedo had two opportunities to do much better. The first, when he goes to head it out, he kind of heads it right into the air, loses yeah. it. And then his man just beats him easily. easily. He just can't no challenge. Up. Ball yeah. comes out to Houghton, drove it in low, one all. And I think it took a slight deflection on the way in, but either way, it was a decent shot that probably shouldn't have made it all the way through. But that when you're at the bottom, that's how yeah. your luck goes. For me, that was that's that's your game-changing important moment in this match yeah. This, if we get to half-time at 1-0 it's a completely different half-time yeah. team talk that both managers give it's really disappointing to see that but it could have been worse in the 45th minute plus 2 of injury time Coppin just shot just wide and he after he had a decent chance and we are lucky to get in at 1-0 in the end mm. um, but Doncaster you know, half-time 
Doncaster very dominant in the first half, but we were fairly strong in dealing with the pressure. You yeah. know, like you said, players were getting in front of balls and defending well. Edwards was talking to players and communicating, getting his point across. So decent half time score for the O's after pretty much getting battered in the first half. Absolutely. Attendance was five one three five with three hundred and sixty six loyal Orient fans away. So well yeah. done to everybody who made the journey up there. And there were no subs for the O's at the start of the second half. And Doncaster really started the half the second half much much livelier than us and, and I think they had a couple of shots that went twice across the face of our goal and luckily neither deflected or bounced in cool. at all so we were lucky there yeah 57th minute Josh Caroma came on for Sandra Semedo so it initially looked like the Enzians was going to come on but Edwards seemed to change his mind and put on Josh Caroma tactic yeah he said to, to Dave Victor oh, okay. afterwards it was tactical because he thought that Caroma being a more offensive player would help take us up the field more than Jance so okay, that's point. why he came on yep. two minutes later um, Matty Blair is tripped by Caroma in the box and the penalty is given it it was a bit of a soft penalty for me. It was a penalty because I think he's trodden on his foot. Yeah. The guy's gone down a bit too theatrical for my liking, but either way, it was a, it was a penalty. I think he's played on Karoma's an experience there, maybe a little bit. Just gone past him with pace. He's seen a little bit of the leg come out from Karoma. And just gone down, yeah. yeah. Liam Mandeville stepped up, sent Chiss out the wrong way. It was a decent penalty, to be fair, and Doncaster are now 2-1 yep. in the lead. Yep, 65th minute, Oli Palmer was replaced by Paul McCallum. So it gave Paul McCallum 25 minutes to make an impact on the game but in the 66th minute Rowe was fouled in the box by Parks and again yeah, I think you said that was a soft penalty yeah. um, for me Parks shouldn't have gone down he seemed to go down well early and left his leg out and again players just going to walk over it and, and take the penalty for me both penalties both soft. obvious ones soft yeah, but real soft obvious, but obvious ones because I've seen them not given yeah I've seen them but the referee was really well positioned for both, both so. really well positioned and again Liam Mandeville stepped up went I think the other corner the other made way, it 3-1 yeah. game over yeah, came over unfortunately at that point. Yeah, seventy um, fifth minute, superb defending from Judd as he got back to putting a wonderful sliding tackle into deny Marquis as he was lining up a shot. So yeah, that was good examples of players getting back and really defending. Yeah, seventy uh, sixth minute, lovely one too between Coroma and Kennedy with Kennedy crossing in and McCallum forcing a fine save from Morosi in the Doncaster Rovers yeah. goal. Decent passage of play. Yeah. That it was good one two football. Mean, if, if that had gone in, maybe you know fifteen minutes left, we could have turned the screw. But yes. You know, wasn't meant the way to be. Yes, seventy eighth minute, great challenge again from Pollock as he got back in the nick of time to deny Rowe uh, with a fantastic challenge. So great to see that you know all defenders being mentioned putting their bodies on the line. Something yeah. that we haven't been able to say for the last couple of weeks on this podcast. So three minutes of added time were played. The match ended three uh, one as we lost again, but. I think you made points that sounded like we lacked leadership. Yeah, massively, really. Okay. Um, after the game, Andy Edwards said, very disappointed with the defeat. It was always going to be a very tough game, as everybody knew Up against, we were up against one of the favourites to go up from the division. I thought we approached the match well. The application was good and attitude was very good, and we started well. We stuck to the game plan, and Callum scored a fantastic goal, and it gave us a real chance of getting something from the match. But the goal just before half-time was a real kick in the teeth for us. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He also went on to say... I'm in charge of selection and there was absolutely no doubt about that. I've spoken to the chairman and he has an opinion like any, but I selected the team with no interference. I didn't make it clear before I was appointed. I just assumed I am the manager and I picked the team and I'll let you know if I hear differently. So good there to hear that from Andy. Also, it was announced after the game by the supporters club that there will be a meet the manager with Andy Edwards and Danny Webb on Monday the 12th of December and the doors for that will open at half past six. So if you want to... To that, I guess you need to email the supporters. You have to be a member uh, to start with, yeah. and any uh, tickets that are not um, taken uh, closer to the time, I guess, are going to be yeah. given out to non-members. So the league table, we are still twenty-second. So having lost two games in five days, we are still twenty-second. We've played nineteen. We're nearly halfway through the season now. Yeah. We've won five, drawn three, lost eleven. We've got a minus five goal difference and only eighteen points chalked up on the board. So your views on yesterday, Mr. Yeah, Lee? I'm not going to make this a rant like previous post matches that I have done, but really didn't expect a win today. And giving away two penalties in a match, in my opinion, isn't really acceptable, irrespective of how soft they are. Listening on Orient player, it really sounded like Rovers controlled the majority of the game and we didn't sound particularly threatening. Atangana has slipped and Weir was in Coppinger's pocket for the whole game, really. Um, he, just, you know, Sadly, Robbie Weir just isn't doing it for us. I don't know what yeah. the problem is there. Would love to know, would love to help him. Um, and I'm sure 
the supporters can. Bring on the January transfer window, really not sure Parks is up to it either, uh, despite today's game, but hopefully having a week off um, will, will be helpful, but you never know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but hopefully it allowed um, Danny and Andy time to, to get their ideas across and, and play exactly how they want to play, and hopefully um, there's someone scouting Accrington Stanley so that we yeah. can see... Um, how they're going to play so we can line up to play against it, yeah, really. Good point. Your so, thoughts? Yeah, difficult game. It was always going to be, really. Turning point, for me, I think I've already said it was a goal before half-time. If we could have gotten at 1-0, completely different half-time team talk, but wasn't meant to be. Great free kick from Callum, so credit there. I think we've seen him take a few that have gone well over the bar or well wide, so well done, Callum, for scoring that. But against a side like Doncaster, you have to be on it for 90 minutes, and unfortunately, they just had too much quality for us. I think Coppinger ran the match from what I saw. Yeah. And, Marcus was making runs and we just couldn't cope with it. Now, you know, Andy has two weeks of training and no match, which for me is a good thing. It gives him time to get the team playing how he wants them, to get some defensive organisation done, to mm. get his strongest 11 to what he feels can do the job. Back to the drawing on board and start correcting mistakes and instilling confidence back into this team. Yeah, so that's the, that's the key, instilling confidence in them. Oh, if you um, get those players playing in their good, decent positions, organised and confident. Yeah. Should be it should see a quick well, you'd hope a quick turnaround in fortunes. Yeah. So hope. those were I mean, at the end of the day as well, I don't think anybody in Andy's with two uh, days of training and a game against Doncaster Rovers, I honestly don't think anybody yeah. should have expected uh, us to go there and absolutely smash yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Doncaster Rovers. And if anybody thought that we were going to go there and utterly give them a hiding or come away with anything more, uh, you know, more than a point out yeah. of that game, I think you you need to probably rethink your thinking a little bit. But you know, Doncaster Rovers are a strong team. Yeah. Got, they're, they're one of the most. They're the informed home team. Um, yeah. Because I, I say that because I saw a few people on social media and I just like no. Um, okay, so we had some messages. Uh, we had uh, a lot of tweets, obviously, after that, and one in particular. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna read a, lo- a number of them now. At MP Allen two 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 messages saying, "What bothers me about today isn't so much the result. We're used to losing by now. It's the way we lost. The loss was our own fault. I can take losing if we give it our best and are simply outplayed by a better side. But when we lose because of gutless performances or giving them the win today with the two penalties, it really pees me off." It's hard enough to get a win without giving them away. I always try to look at the positive side, but I'm struggling to do that now. And it's something we've always said on this podcast, that we can stand, we don't like to lose, but if we're going to lose, you go down with a real fight yeah, and you were just unlucky. Yeah, yeah. And you, or you were against a better side. You don't go down as a feeble, whimpering team, which unfortunately all too often we have done. It sounds like they were a bit better to, more yesterday. Though, yeah, so. I'd say so. Yeah, so cheers for your message, Mitch. Uh, so tweets that came into us, at Ron Sampson15 said... Those awful things would change right away are delusional. This is a long-term thing. Results are not getting better until January. So it kind of echoes what Mitch has said and what you yeah. said. Yeah, and then in response to that, PIJ Meister said, results would have improved long ago if the players decided to put in a shift during the game. Yeah, at Joe Watts 9 says, like I said before the game, a very poor starting eleven. I expected nothing other than a loss. At Orient Gantry said, we will win our next home game. There, I've said it. January transfer window is vital. Andy must choose and only Andy. Yeah, good point. At best, Nuka JP says, missing Hunt today was a big issue. It's Andy's first game in charge, but we'll need time to see what what is wrong. Come on, you O's. Yeah, Steve DeAth1 said, no surprise, big job, big repair job needed. Frustrating to see another two goals for uh, for Scott Cashgate, uh, though good luck to him. Yeah, good point about Cashgate. At Georgie Orient says, I like Judd, but have two experienced right-backs on the bench and only one winger available today. Just shows the recruitment was a shambles. At Richie J. Bourne said, No wide players, no pace, really poor captain in Weir. McCallum's lazy and gives away stupid fouls. We need a creative midfielder. Oh, yep. At Jamie Stripes says, Proof that the kids need a solid team around them when they are put in. Next four games are crucial. We need two wins at absolute minimum. Yep. Joe underscore Pavic can't blame Edwards. Hasn't had a lot of time to kick the players into gear, although McCallum and Weir need to go. At Steve LOFC says, Recruitment at the club has been a shambles. Don't know how the head of recruitment seemingly keeps getting a free pass. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting comment. At Len M4 said, It says a lot when I have more faith in Pollock at the back than Tom Parks. Maybe with Edwards, youth is the answer. Yeah, could well be. At MX Quicks says, It doesn't matter who the manager is, still the same idiots upstairs dictating everything. Hashtag disappointing. At Muzakir Ahmed said, Doncaster are a lot better than Orient, to be fair. Need the January window and time really badly. Really good point, Muzakir. Yeah, strong 043. This could be back in the relegation spot by the next game if Newport win on Tuesday week. 
which means the Atkinson game is a six-pointer. I didn't realise. So Newport are playing before we are. So They're playing Tuesday night, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So hopefully yeah. we have to see what happens with that one. At Boats, he said, great goal, by McCall- uh, great goal by Callum, sorry. Can't blame the youth boys for the pens. At least we have two weeks to get the basics right. Yeah, I like that point. At Bradley Ackers, 95, says, brave and a good idea to play more youth. But Andy Edwards needs to buy another striker, a good winger and a central midfielder to help. Well, we've still got Jordan Bowery. Yeah. We've still got Adebayejo. Oh, no, he's joined someone he's joined on loan. Line, but yeah. there, there are others available, Sam Dolby. Uh, Vince Howard, 73, said, what is, what is this I'm hearing from Andy Edwards? I'm in charge of team selection. I'll have a say on player recruitment. Is the tide turning? Yeah, we can only hope, Vince. We, can we only are praying. Hope. Yep. At Mr. Leighton Stone says, surely a common denominator is having Weir be captain and play Attengarno and Collins with a much better centre midfield pairing. That's a very good point, actually. Very Which means point. we need a winger. Semedo and Massey. Semedo's not good enough for me. Hasn't been good enough yeah, for ages. Well, He's been no worse than anybody else. That's the problem, isn't it? They're all, they're all not good enough at the moment. Yeah. Um, at only one team said, feeling positive, hopefully not false hope, let's hope Stanley game is a turning point. Yeah, and final word is from at Paul Crouchman who says, was always going to be a tough game. It's a positive having Andy in charge, although the players have a huge part to play. With a few more points on board, things will pick up. There are some games coming up where we should nick a few points. Confidence is key. And Joe, you know I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, Paul. Confidence is key, and that's half of Andy's battle. If he gets the confidence turning around, you'll see a different. Well, you'll see a completely different look team. Yeah, absolutely. So, to round up the uh, rest of this podcast, then the prediction league updates. So, well done at Ron Sampson fifteen, at Brooks Co two, at Matt Bristow, at DeWard underscore seven, at Leon Aresti, and at TGS underscore ninety eight, who is a Donny fan. Predicted three yeah. one. So at TJS ninety eight, he won't listen to this, but he's not. We haven't included him in our league table. Away fans, we don't include opposition fans. <laughs> but I gave him a shout out because he predicted three one and he called it. So well done. So that means there's no change at the top of the fan. Well, so at the prediction league is Nino Barone twenty seven, still top with MP Allen two 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 second. I think Paul's already said it, but the full table is up on our Facebook page and the next prediction. Uh, will be before the Accrington Stanley game. So Accrington Stanley. Are they? Yep, so get your exactly. predictions in before that game. Yep, fancy football update. George Stone is still on top, people. 711 points, but only five points ahead of Alan Edwards. Steve, you've moved up to 18. 18. You're up three spots, yep. right? So yep. still all to play for in the Orient Fantasy Football League. Yep, which moves us on to today, Sunday yep, 27th of November. So just one thing to tell you about today. The Orient ladies were back in league action and beat Eastbourne 4-0. So still unbeaten, still top of the league. So well done, ladies. Goals today, a double from Ella May, one goal from Connie, and an own goal also. So well done, ladies. And uh, just them and the youth are just continue to... Be the only shiny everyone else. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. positives and negatives then from the from the last week. So positives, obviously the biggest positive is probably the season now. I'd say Andy Edwards is in, so we've we've wanted it as a fan base. I would say you know yeah. at least ninety percent of fans will be happy with that. Um, also good to see youth players getting a chance now. So I think we've mentioned it before, but you see the likes of Pollock, Judd, Samedo, Sergeant, Karoma. All getting along the first team, getting so it's great team to action. see. Yeah, great scene to round it off. Atmosphere amongst the fans following Andy's appointment, so we're seeing a lot more positivity coming out, um, which is great because we're getting to the point where it's a bit of road is becoming toxic. Yeah, so, you know, seeing loads of fans arguing on Twitter. So hopefully now this appointment will get everyone going in the same direction and should hopefully reinvigorate and reengage. A massive part of the fan base. So there are positives this week. Yeah, negatives though. Heavy loss, generally outplayed by Doncaster. Yeah. We're obviously in the middle of a relegation battle as it stands. Yeah. Giving away two penalties in a game, you know, you're, you're your own worst enemy if yeah. you're doing that sort of thing. You know, I know they were accidental, they were soft, but nonetheless they were still given and we shouldn't be putting ourselves in yeah. that sort of situation. And obviously since last Saturday, it's three losses in a week. So it's Blackpool, Exeter and Doncaster. So out of nine nine points that were available, we haven't taken any. Yeah, that's the biggest negative for me by my Yeah, mind. if we'd have had nine points, if we'd had three wins out of that... You'd, then... you'd be playoffs, mate, yeah. <coughs> so That's the difference it makes. Hero of the week... Come on, there's I don't only think there's any, any doubt here. So, so here at the week goes to Miles Judd. So well done, Miles. What, he won by a country mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Karen's <laughs> joke. Yeah, <laughs> well, well remembered. Well done, Karen. So next week's fixtures: 
No game next week due to the FA Cup second round. So our next game now is on Saturday, 10th of December, as we welcome Accrington Stanley to Brisbane Road. So Accrington had a great season last season. This season slightly, uh, well, a lot worse. Struggling. They're 20th in League 2 on 21 points after drawing one all yesterday with Yeovil. So if we beat them, we will overtake them in the league. So we Must be on goal difference. On goal it? difference, yeah. yeah. So we've got the same goal difference as them, uh, but they got three points more. So a real six-pointer. So that's yep. two weeks on Saturday. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 86. It's been another very busy week at the Orient with a disappointing performance on Tuesday against Exeter, leading to another managerial change as Alberto Cavasin was finally sent packing and Andy Edwards was installed. And although his first game in charge ended in defeat versus Doncaster, you do get the feeling that if Andy left it, is left to it with no interference from the board, then he will change and our fortunes on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Also, just a quick one. If you're listening on iTunes, feel free to go and give us a rating on iTunes uh, reviews. You know, it'd be great to get some more feedback from everyone. And I listen to a lot of podcasts that try and plug uh, iTunes reviews. So come and give us a review on iTunes if you're listening there. So like we've said, no match next week, which means no podcast next week. So we'll be back with episode 87 in two weeks' time. So two weeks today, episode 87 will follow on Sunday, the 11th of December, with all the information and news and views and everything that you could ever need. So as always, we look forward to hearing from you and keep calm. Have a great two weeks. Yeah. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy.